This is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis from Providence Wealth Management. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Paul, Garrett, and Bruce provide their clients and prospects the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Making Finances Easier with Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis. Hello, everyone. Uh, Paul Cochran here with Garrett Crawford, uh, Making Finances Easier. We're with Providence Advisors Group. Our company is located here at uh, Pellissippi and North Shore. We actually serve people all over the area and really all over the United States. Um, if you'd like to call in and find out more about us, uh, 865-770-5031, or you can go to makingfinanceseasier.com. Well, this will be aired sometime around Christmas or soon thereafter, but uh, Garrett, it, a lot of, still a lot of talk about the World Cup. Did your team win? Uh, well, no, I was pulling for America, uh, <laughs> probably like a, lo a lot of our other listeners. Uh, I don't watch soccer enough to have any allegiance towards any other uh, country soccer program. In fact, this was really the first year that I watched it. I grew up in a part of Tennessee uh, during an age where it was really just baseball, basketball, and football were the primary sports. I didn't know a single kid growing up. Uh, that played soccer and so my my kids started playing uh in a soccer league over there at cedar springs uh off kingston pike i guess it was last year my daughter played her first year and uh both of my kids played this year and uh last year i was learning all the soccer rules with my daughter on how to throw a ball in and uh that was really the extent of my uh soccer knowledge going into this year's world cup but my now five-year-old son uh, has surprisingly gotten into all things uh maybe not surprisingly but more so this year than i would have expected he's gotten into watching these different sports online and or on tv and so football has been a big one but we sat down and watched probably three or four maybe five world cup matches and uh we were obviously pulling for the united states but you could tell they were uh they were good but in a different league as some of these uh, other countries. And uh, so I, I started rooting for the Netherlands after they beat the United States just because I wanted to say, well, if we lost to them, uh, then maybe uh, maybe our team was better than I thought. But my son, Miles, he, uh, you know, I started telling what little I knew about, uh, I think they pronounce it Lionel Messi, uh, which was not very much, but he started getting on the, the train for the Messi guy. And uh, he was cheering for Argentina, and uh, sure enough, they uh, his team, he would say, won. But it's surprising how many of Miles' teams ends up winning. Uh, he'll, he'll switch at the last second. But, uh, yeah, he was pulling for Argentina. I was pulling for the Netherlands. So Miles ended up good. Uh, me, me, not so much. Uh, I, did you watch any of the World Cup, Paul? You know, not really. I, uh, I know it's probably a lonely song, but... Um you know, like you, uh, when I grew up, you know, in the 60s, nobody was playing soccer to speak of. We had, you know, football, basketball, baseball, those were the biggies. And so it wasn't until I was in high school um, 
in graduating, I graduated high school in 1978 from Oak Ridge High School. We had a little club, you know, a little soccer club that was about as close as we got. And some some people I knew were, of course, on the soccer club. But um, now, you know, it's ubiquitous. You know, all the kids play soccer. And so I guess it really hit home to me back in 1990. Sandy and I were living overseas. And and uh, we... <laughs> It was amazing to us. Uh, the The World Cup was just dominated everybody's mind overseas. I mean, it was it was the Super Bowl of the universe. Well, I, I saw last yesterday in Buenos Aires, there in Argentina, the uh, uh, the city capital or the streets. They said yeah. they flew the soccer players out. Yeah. It was so crowded. Yeah, yeah, that's a great great example. Um, but like in 1990, you know, it was the same type of thing really in 1990 for all those other countries. But nobody in the United States even knew the World Cup was going on hardly. But now uh, there was a, a much, much bigger following. And so Sandy and I are kind of in the same boat. We admire their athleticism. We're just amazed by their stamina. Uh, their skills are just lights out. But I tell you, we watch it about five minutes, and it is just boring. <laughs> we just can't hang. And so, um, so yeah, I am not a – for me to watch a soccer game, of course, for that matter, I haven't really watched a, a whole pro football game. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'd rather be out on my bicycle. But, uh, but at any rate, today's topic we wanted to, to touch on, um, you know, uh, when we think about Christmas, at least when I think about Christmas – I think about, uh, I mean, for me personally, I think about the gift that God gave in Christ, uh, you know, coming into the world. And then so all the gift giving is then a, a you know, really just an expression of, um, of, of giving the way that God has given to us. And so really trying to uh, kind of have that kind of that, that spirit of just generosity that God has been very, very generous to us, and so we want to give. And so whether or not, you know, that resonates with you or, or makes sense, um, um, there is a strong argument that uh, giving and uh, giving away your assets um, is a very, very healthy thing. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, uh, I I knew we were going to talk about this, and I was uh, I have had this analogy from twenty twenty two, and you know I could echo a lot of what you just said, but the importance of giving. But I also know that sometimes that's hard <laughs> for people, especially when it hasn't been incorporated maybe into family history, uh, you know, current circumstances. But uh, for twenty twenty two, I don't even remember if I've mentioned this on the radio uh, before, but I've had just some back pain issues. And so I've been going to a physical therapist this year. And at 35, I feel weird uh, sometimes having difficulty putting on my socks. Uh, but it's been, it's been a kind of long trial for mm. 2022, trying to figure out what's the source of the pain, how do I fix it. And uh, I've been going down to a, a physical therapist here in town, and they're great. Uh, Physio Labs, if you've ever heard of them. And uh, they, they've really been 
taking care of me. But uh, the latest iteration of their care has been uh, to strengthen core muscles, hamstring muscles. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've always been athletic. I've always loved doing things outdoors, but I've never been a weightlifter. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lauren down at Physio Labs has figured out that I have no muscle power in my hamstring or my back. And I, you know, I was just, she'd had me do a couple stretches and I was just weak at my knees and Mm. needing to sit down. Mm. And uh, sometimes there are muscles that we have Mm. that we, you know, unless you exercise them, you Mm. know, they just become really weak. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about giving how, uh, you know, that's a muscle that, you know, I have to work out too. I'd I'd rather, you know, have money and spend it on myself. But, uh, giving I feel like is sometimes that muscle that we didn't even know oh, we had a good and, analogy. and we have to kind of exercise for mm-hmm. us to see the fruits of down mm-hmm. the road and usually it's not like give one time mm-hmm. uh, and then all of a sudden you see the benefits of it sometimes mm-hmm. you give just one time and it mm-hmm. hurts a lot mm-hmm. and there's there is no gain mm-hmm. uh, but over time and over months and over mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I have seen where trying to mm. flex that muscle and mm. work that muscle uh, has become uh, just a really, really valuable and important thing in my in my financial life. Mm. Yeah, that that's so good. Um, you know, I think uh, it kind of gets back to that subject of, of habits and how habits really do uh, form us in a big way. And um and I, I think early on for Sandy and I, we, um, you know, we, we we never, you know, I was in grad school when we met. I, di- I didn't really have, you know, a lot of money. And um, and then Sandy and I were in Christian ministry uh, there the first five years of our marriage. And uh, we, we sure didn't get into that for the money. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, and so um, we were definitely in a situation where we didn't have a lot coming in. In fact, it was hard to even, we were depending on, when we were overseas, we were depending on our supporters, you know. And we had some local churches here in Knoxville that were um, supporting us. But the point is, we weren't giving out of our abundance mm-hmm. in, in that sense. We just didn't have much money. But we, were, we both had a strong conviction that we wanted to at least make sure we were given um giving back the first fruits kind of as it were of of what came in so for us when we were broke it was like well at least we're going to we're going to at least give away 10% of what comes in you mm-hmm. know and um so we started doing that way back then and and uh and just never stopped and and it's so ironic that we've never just over and over and over again we've uh our giving has increased um, over the years, um, but we've never we've never regretted it, nor have we ever felt like we could outgive uh, what we've been given. In, in other words, there, it was like um, the generosity. Uh, I can see where foolish where foolish teachers would say, hey, what you need to do is you need to to give to get. You know, Mm -hmm. if you give, then God will bless you or some foolish thing like that. Um, But there is that sense where there is an amazing, a kind of a a strange thing that goes on where he actually um, 
there is this amazing irony in this provision where we would uh, we'd give away money that we, and we didn't know where the next was going to come from, but then he would always provide for us. Yeah, sure. Uh, we, Eve and I, we have two kids. I already mentioned that, but they're eight and five. And uh, this week we had uh, my mom and dad actually just yesterday uh, come in and we had, they're out of town. So we had a little mini uh, Christmas get together where we swapped presents and did kind of our Christmas thing early with them. And, uh, you know, Eve and I, we've really tried uh, to encourage that message uh, where, you know, Ella and Miles, it really is more blessed to give than to receive. And for kids, that's a really hard thing to comprehend because they would rather have their toy uh, than share their toy or give it to somebody. But uh, we're at eight and five. And this year, my daughter at eight, it was the first uh, we said that word fruit, but the first expression where some of those things that we've been saying over the years that you kind of feel like you're talking into the darkness mm-hmm. uh, really came out into the light where uh, the, the the fun part of the, the good part of the story was she got this Lego set that she really, really wanted and she opened it and uh, she, she took her fist in the air and just went, yes! <laughs> uh, and you could tell that she got the present that she was longing for. Uh, but a a little later, she had done this present for my mom where she had cross-stitched this little, I, I don't even know what you call it or how she did it, but my wife helped her and uh, it was, I guess, a cross-stitch or something. And she'd put some hours into this project. Mm-hmm. And when my mm-hmm. mom opened that present, mm. uh, Ella did the same yes mm. when she asked her if mm. she liked it mm. and uh, I told Ella later that night I said Ella you probably didn't catch this mm. uh, but I was sitting in my chair and I saw how excited you were when you opened those Legos mm. uh, but I would say I was also really impressed mm. that when when Grammy opened your present that you were as equally as mm. excited in giving that gift. And I said, Ella, that's that's what we're talking that's about great. when we say, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's oftentimes more fun to give some something to somebody than to actually get it. And uh, so it, it was kind of cool after all these years of kind of talking about it that she didn't re- even realize it, but she was living out uh, – in real time that she was more excited about giving her present than actually getting her Lego yeah, toys. Yeah, so, so, so good. Uh, and I see that in Ella. Um, I remember a, a boss saying, a man wrapped up in himself is a very small package. <laughs> and so when we are kind of curved in on ourselves and all we're worried about is kind of what we're getting, and, 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 and don't get me wrong, I, I understand what it is to not have any money. Uh, no, when Sandy and I came back from being overseas in the fall of '92, we had literally no money. We had a, um, a a friend from church, you know, write us a check for $500 to pay our first month's rent over at the old Woodlands West there at uh, Pellissippi and in Bridgewater, and because um, we, I mean, we were so broke we couldn't pay attention, and and yet we still, when something came in, we'd give it out and. And so, you know, it's it's the kind of thing where where I totally understand that it's challenging, particularly let's say you're listening to this and you've retired and you're not really going to make any more money. You have, may, have, may have Social Security coming in. Perhaps there's a pension, but your savings are such you're not going to uh, 
you're not going to have anything uh, more necessarily coming in, but it's it's also just it's almost like a posture of the of the heart, where if we can, um, you know, find out in the community where the needs are. Uh, and kind of know which which charities where you feel like the the money's being used perhaps at your local church and just go ahead and and uh, it's kind of like a muscle like you were saying have that discipline to go ahead and just give away the first amount so even today even uh, here i am 30 years later after being in practice 30 years hard to believe um we still uh take our gross receipts and we give away 10% of everything that comes in. So everything that comes in from our revenue as a company, I just go ahead and just give away 10% of it before I'm paid or anything like that. And, um, uh, and hey, real quick before you keep going, I remember, uh, you know, we, we talk about kind of what we're going to talk about, but we don't really have all this <laughs> rehearsed exactly what we're going to say. Uh, but I remember when I first started working here around Paul, and uh, for some of you know the backstory is Paul's Paul's my father-in-law. I married his daughter. I had a degree in engineering. Uh, long but fun story there. But I remember when I started working here at Providence, I would hear Paul talk about this idea of gross giving. I didn't know what gross giving was or what he meant by that, but uh, I remember that impacted me as a fresh out-of-college student. Uh, and really kind of challenged me on this idea of giving first and not giving last. And, you know, there, there's probably a, I don't want to come down too hard on that rule, but uh, you'll hear a lot of people say, pay yourself first when it comes to 401k contributions and saving for retirement. We're, we're all on board with that. But uh, I remember from my first paycheck, uh, I was also thinking, how can I, uh, how can I incorporate giving into my income and my salary? And you know, those first few years, it was like, you know, I didn't have some uh, rule that it had to be ten uh, percent. Because honestly, I was, <laughs> we had a lot of expenses buying a house and kids, and uh, you know. Uh, but as as years have gone by, uh, you know, I I I really tried to. To cultivate this idea that uh, you know, give it didn't have to be a tax deductible gift, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I don't keep some some mm-hmm. rule book mm-hmm. that it has to mm-hmm. be X amount of the final mm-hmm. number, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm I, I'm okay with that more mm-hmm. now than I was uh, you know ten years ago mm-hmm. when I started, and uh, I, I couldn't imagine now that I've I've done it for this long really uh, not doing it if that makes sense it kind of reminds me again of like an athlete that, that kind of gets addicted to mm. running and conditioning and you see the benefits it, once you see that it's kind of hard to go backwards from there and uh, so it, it, Christmas again is kind of an interesting microcosm of, of that event where we can see the benefits of giving well what are um, I've got a couple other thoughts but take 60 seconds and talk about uh, like real quick uh, some of the practical ways like uh, like QCDs where people can give. Yeah. Uh, one is, and we've mentioned it before, if you're over 72, uh, the SECURE Act is being talked about again this week. So they're talking that by the time you hear this, it could be going up to 73, 74, 75. But after your uh, 
required minimum distributions go into effect, you're allowed to do something called a qualified charitable distribution where uh, you could send money from an IRA or a 401k once you retire directly to a qualified charity. And it does three things. It counts towards your RMD. So let's take a quick example. It's $10,000 is your RMD. Uh, you could you could send 5,000 of that to a charity and it would count towards your $10,000 RMD. Uh, it wouldn't count as taxable income to you. So if you were in the 24, 32% tax bracket, you wouldn't have to pay taxes on that money and uh, it would be tax free to the charity as well. So qualified charitable distributions are like the, the most common thing we see. But then there's also clients that have security positions that they've invested in and in like a non IRA account for lots and lots of years with lots of gain embedded in them and a very low cost basis. Uh, and you can actually donate appreciated securities to these charities and they'll be allowed to pay, uh, no tax on that capital gain. And then there's also things called donor advised funds and, uh, really kind of the, 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 those are the first three that pop into my head, but there are a few other ways too, that you could, um, be, uh, you know, do do giving a little bit more efficiently. I love those those practical things. Yeah, giving appreciated stock, the the QCDs, um, and I, I think if, if somebody tries to exercise this muscle, I think one of the best ways is what we don't want to do is we don't want to should people or or you know guilt people into giving or boy you have so much you should give you know that type of thing, um, but. Uh, let me just read something uh, from the Bible that's already always meant a lot to me, where Paul is talking to the church in Corinth about giving, and he's, in, he's encouraging them to give, um, but I really like how he does it. He says, I say this not as a command, um, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. So he says this, he says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by so that you by his poverty might become rich. And in this matter, I, I give you my judgment. Um, uh, this benefits you anyway. So his point is the way he encourages them. He says, "Listen, just think about the gospel. Think about what." how he's given and then you turn around and just give to somebody else that way so maybe you're you're listening and and all that's just mumbo jumbo and 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 that's perfectly fine um because I, i'm not trying to impose uh my b beliefs on you um but what i would say is you know it, it is a healthy thing to to think how much you have and to be able to uh out of that abundance, give away. You will never regret it. Um, so anyway, uh, that's all we have to say about giving, I think. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, if you're hearing this on Christmas, we hope you're having a wonderful time and uh, just wish you a, a Merry Christmas and we look forward to talking to you soon. That's right. Thank you for listening to Making Finances Easier. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, or Bruce Landis at Providence Wealth Management. Call 865-770-5031 or visit them online 
at makingfinanceseasier.com. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Providence Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Tennessee. Insurance products and services are offered through Providence Advisors Group, LLC. Providence Advisors Group, LLC, and Providence Wealth Management, LLC, are affiliated companies. Paul Cochran, Garrett Crawford, and Bruce Landis and Providence Wealth Management are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary, and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.